It's a drunken soiree in the within. Chris and Stu present Hardcore Listing, the podcast. Hello and welcome to Hardcore Listing Patreon special. I hope you're all doing well today. Joining me as ever, Christopher William Yum. Hello. Good morning. Good morning. How are you? I'm all right, mate. I'm all right. And Patreons, we have one of your own. We have one of the uh, the MSC here. Nessa, good morning. Good morning. How are you, boys? Good. Good. It's yeah, well, all right. Yeah. all right. Yeah, it's a lovely sunny day. It's uh, it's the, our grandfather time's birthday today as well. <laughs> so happy birthday, Stu. Cheers, mate. Cheers. Um, yeah. So can be better. So, this podcast come about obviously we've, we've we've often said to all the patrons you know if you've got a good idea for a uh a, a, a top five then obviously come along and um record one but this one come about i i guess more so from when we had if i'm right in saying this when we had jay page on yeah, talking yeah. about being neurodivergent mm-hmm. it, it it sort of sparked something with you that you felt inclined to come and sort of reach out to us that's right. I um, I listened to the Jay Page episode and he so eloquently described what it's like to be autistic and to be neurodivergent because autism doesn't doesn't often come on its own. It comes with a lot of um, other problems wrapped in around it. Um, and I kind of realised I had a story to tell of my own. I have a 14 year old autistic son. I'm more than likely autistic myself and we've had a journey of you know six or seven years of navigating what autism is and what neurodiversity is and I felt that I now feel very passionately that there's a lot of things other people could do and to be more accepting and so Mm. to be able to actually get out there the the modern view of autism I think is very important and so I got in touch with you guys and you were happy to let me chat for a bit absolutely so your top five today Ness is going to be what it's 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 top five things you should know about autism um I'm a big believer in in you know knowledge creates empathy yeah knowledge creates understanding and for a lot of autistic people that's just what they need. They just need to be understood, yeah. um, need people to realise it's not weird and scary, realise actually they could function perfectly happily in this world if the world just made a few changes. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm intrigued to know what these are going to be Absolutely. and hopefully... Um, Chris and I come out of here, as as will our listeners, far more informed. And uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to this. I imagine it's going to be an insightful episode. Thank you. Number five, Ness. Uh, I, I presume just, these aren't in an order, right? They, no, you know. they're not at all. They're yeah. in an order in the in, in as much as they kind of do flow from one to another, but not in a you know my favourite top five, if that makes sense. Sure. The one thing I want to say to begin with, because I will be including some stories from our family experiences. Yeah is that I've run all these past my son um, and he has okayed everything that I'm going to say in here, even down to some quite serious stuff. Um, So nobody needs kind of start shouting about how I'm exploiting my son or whatever. He's happy for me to tell these stories. And he very much backs the fact that the more people that know about these things, the better. Okay. And we should stress as well, when you initially reached out to us, we was like, yeah, come on and do this. And the first thing you replied with was, before I do anything, I need to speak to my son and ensure yeah. that he's going to be comfortable with us talking about this. So, yeah, well, that yeah. was the first because thing you this, said to us as well. Yeah, this isn't just my story. story it's my yeah. family's story. And so they all have to, you know, have to agree with this. Okay. Yeah. Wonderful. Lovely. Right. So first one's kind of a little bit more factual than anything mm-hmm. is that there is at the moment no cause and no cure now right. i'll start with just a couple of things so just to set things into um perspective autism is a lifelong developmental difference 
that affects how people communicate and interact with the world. That's how the National Autistic Society defines it. Right. What it actually is, is it's a difference in the way your brain develops. Okay, so it isn't something that happens after you're born. It's definitely not caused by vaccines, but we'll get onto that in a second because that is a whole can of worms. It affects around one in 100 people, and there are currently around about 700,000 autistic people in this country. Okay, so the chances are you will know somebody who's autistic, yeah. okay, or neurodivergent in some way. As I say, it often comes with co-occurring problems such as anxiety adhd add um dyslexia there's even something called ellers danlos syndrome which um is a soft tissue disorder that comes linked in with it as well so to say that you don't know anybody you'd be very kind of isolated yourself if you didn't yeah yeah, yeah. okay so this is why this is important really to everybody um it majorly affects something called emotional regulation which is the way that that autistic person's brain deals with the emotions they're feeling okay yeah. so if you imagine that you i don't know you order a burger from your local burger place mm -hmm. And it comes with a relish on it that you weren't expecting to be there. You'd asked for that relish. Yeah. You know, to not be taken to be there. off. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I, this happens with my son regularly yeah, with yeah. KFC, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, so you may just go, oh, God, that's a bit rubbish. Mm -hmm. Unpick your burger, take the sauce off with a, a napkin, build yep. it all back up. It's not quite the burger you wanted, but it's okay. You can yeah. cope with it. If my son's had a hard day, that will be the last thing. That burger quite possibly will go across the room and wow. he will not eat yeah. because he, that emotion of disappointment yeah. is just way too much to deal with. Yeah. He doesn't know what to do with it. Okay, so that disappointment happens, whereas we'd be able to kind of, neurotypical people would be able to kind of rationalise it and go, well, it's not that bad. Mm. To him it's the end of the world okay yeah so yeah. does that does that work it, it, it makes a lot of sense i mean I, I i'm already learning i mean because i didn't know that's exactly um so it's, it's emotional regulation is that how you how you put it yeah that's right. okay. yeah it's not necessarily emotional intelligence yeah. because my son is very aware that he mm. feels angry that he feels disappointed he's very aware of what that emotion is yeah. he just does has no clue what to do with it yeah, so yeah. it just builds up into something that mm. to to the neurotypical person would seem way out of context way out of yeah it, it's just a huge emotion for such a small thing yeah okay mm -hmm. um it also affects communication so the typical idea of somebody who's autistic is somebody who's nonverbal. Um, now that isn't everyone, and it's definitely not my son. My son, James, actually struggles to know where he fits in a conversation. So his while we're chatting away, his brain is really desperately wanting to tell a story, a story that happened to him this morning, happened yeah. to him yesterday, happened to him five years ago. He struggles with knowing where in that conversation that story would fit. Yeah. In fact, even if that story is interesting or funny, is he going to tell it right? Is, it, is he going to cock it up? Yeah. Are we really going to care? But, but also just kind of reading the room and, and, you know, we might be talking about something very serious and what he wants to tell us is something very funny. And he can't see that maybe that's not quite appropriate just now. So that, that communication covers such a broad spectrum. So it's not just, I can't talk. It's, I don't know how to interact with you. 
okay? So whenever you, you are trying to communicate with somebody who is neurodivergent, the best thing to do is just go, how would you rather have this conversation? Okay. Um, would you prefer it to be by email so that you can take, take what I say away, take it on board, figure out what I'm trying to say, and then come back to me? Are you happy talking face-to-face -face if it's just us two? Are you happy with Zoom? Are you, you know, it, when James has anything really emotionally difficult he needs to talk about, actually we'll generally sit side by side on the sofa so there's no eye contact, there's no um, pressure of that face-to-face -face, mm. um, information overload. Mm. And we will, I'll open my notes thing on my phone and we'll just type and then pass and he'll read and he'll ah. type and he'll pass. And he feels far more confident and far more comfortable speaking like that than he does a face-to-face therapist or yeah. or even to me and i'm his i'm very much his person yeah um so i suppose the first thing from that is as i say if you are dealing with anybody neurodivergent do just ask ask how they how they would prefer it and it may be different on different days you know one day they're yeah. feeling great so a chat over coffee is fantastic but the next day not so good so we'll just text today. Uh, how did you discover leave. that, Ness? That the, the texting works for James? Um, a lot of reading around the subject. Yeah. That's that's one of the things I did. Um, so when when he was first diagnosed, um, as I say, I'm going to go into this a little bit later. But yeah, it was a lot of reading around the subject and a lot of talking to James and trial yeah. and error you know, and, and kind of realising that actually, if I tried to ask him, you know, why he's had a bad day at school, he would just shut down, run off upstairs, and I wouldn't see him for two hours, because it's too much. Mm. But then actually, he would text me downstairs and say, this happened today, it wasn't fun. Right. So that's, it was, it was just us working together as a, as a team really, yeah. and, and kind of, again, letting him take the lead with it all. So, the next, I've got it all written down, I do apologise. No, that's all right. I just realised my brain's just going to explode. Is this um, four? No, 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 oh, no, okay. no. Still a little bit more to go through with this. So, autism, autism is equal between males and females. Um, it was thought at one time that the girls were harder to diagnose because they were better at masking. Right. So masking is when they're pretending to be neurotypical. So people didn't realize. Right. In fact, actually now the conversation is more around um, the gender bias of how we see girls in the first place. So if the girl's a little bit over emotional about things, well, she's just a girl, it's hormones. Right is a little bit sensitive it's you know it was never oh she's right. struggling with that okay. how can we help her it's just like oh, she's just being right. a girl she just cries easily whereas when you see a boy cry easily people would, would be more inclined to say mm. yeah there's probably something going on here mm -hmm. so there's a lot of discussion at the moment around why girls aren't being diagnosed it is changing mm -hmm. um, but yeah you, you're as likely to meet an autistic female as you are an autistic male. Um, the easiest way and the best way that, that I can describe how really we should be viewing autism is not something that's, that's weird and these people aren't ill and they're not defective. The best way anybody ever explained it to me is it's like having a PC with a Windows running system and a Mac with Safari, et cetera, on it. They're both equally viable. They're just different. Yeah. And, and each one requires a different thought process, even if it's silly things like the X's are in the different yeah. corners. Right. You know what I mean? It, it, that's, that's the way to think about it. Not that this thing is something to be worried about, something to be pitied, something to be 
yeah you know don't don't go I hate I used to hate it when I say to people oh my son's autistic and they go oh mm. oh it's not dead you know what what's the art for he's actually really fucking amazing yeah yeah yeah. he's just autistic (laughs) I'm just telling you that because you're gonna see him do things that you're not expecting I'm not you know I'm not wanting sympathy yeah it's it's a very strange thing um cause wise there's currently no known cause although there's a lot of talk about it being genetic um, it's definitely familial. So if there's one neurodiverse person in a family, mm. there's a strong possibility, you know, there will be others. Um, there's a lot of talk about the language, talking about it being a gene fault. Um, again, amongst autistic people, there's a strong feeling of ableism, which is the, if you like, it's the racism of the disabled world. Right, yeah. So when you're talking about a gene fault, it's something wrong instead yeah. of it being a gene difference, just a slightly different way of things working. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, there is. Uh, so basically, what I am saying is, you are born with it. You you don't get better. Again, you'll get people go. He'll grow out of it. <laughs> no, it's the way his brain's built. He absolutely won't grow out of it. We don't get another brain at like eighteen. What happens is, is as an adult, and I'm going to say if you're lucky, because it does depend on where you live, unfortunately, on your privilege, on what support you have, um, how much knowledge you have for yourself, you will learn to cope. And it's why it's why I don't necessarily sort of say to everybody, oh, I'm autistic, I can't do that. Because after 51 years of being very, very stubborn, my life works perfectly fine. Thank you very much. Um, I won't go out if I don't feel like it. I'll walk away from something if I'm not enjoying myself. Um, I will, yeah, I very much, you know, make my life the way I need it. Um, That's a good thing, right? (laughs) Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. But don't ever think if you're seeing an autistic friend who's grown up and, you know, if an adult comes to you and says I'm autistic and actually they're having a good day, they've not grown out of it. They're not better. Mm. Yeah. They're just coping Mm. and coping well. That's all it ever is. Okay. Um, So, yeah, no uh, no cure at all. Um, it's a very difficult thing going back to when James was very, very young. When we first get the diagnosis, um, you literally kind of right. your child's got autism. Okay, thanks. Bye. Because the NHS can't do anything about it. You literally waved off into the ether and you hit the laptops and I'm going to admit this and it's quite hard Mm. and it's quite weird looking back on it but when I got first got my his diagnosis my first thought was right I need to fix him I need to teach him how to behave typically because that's the only way that he's going to get through this life okay that's I now realize that's not at all how it works but I can see there's a dreadful um, treatment out there called ABA, ABA therapy. And it, it basically, no word of a lie, comes from dog training. Okay. Mm-hmm. It's an extension of dog training. So they have this autistic child in a room with their favorite thing, whatever that thing may be. And if that child is stimming so this is when you'll see them flapping or clapping or spinning or rocking Mm. they will take that thing away from them and for every minute that they will sit with their hands down and sit still they're allowed to have that thing back for a minute okay yeah the very unbelievably dangerous thing about that is the reason that people stim is because they're not coping. They have this energy building up. Think yeah. about an, a Coke bottle that you're shaking up. 
with all this input and all this stress and all this anxiety that's going on, mm-hmm. you're shaking that Coke bottle. Mm-hmm. What you need to do is release that lid nice and carefully, because if you release it in one go, it's going to go everywhere. Yeah. So their version of releasing that lid quietly is flapping, is spinning, is rocking, mm. is clapping, is vocalizing. <laughs> One of James's old vocalizations was funkypigeon.com. And whenever I heard him sing that, I knew, I knew things were kind of getting a little bit. But yeah, he was a big one for uh, funkypigeon.com, moonpig.com, <laughs> and um, Gladstone Brooks. Gladstone Brooks, ting. He had to have a little ting at the end. And when I heard him doing those, it's like, right, we need to move away from that situation now because that's building up a little bit. Mm. But what these, what this ABA therapy is teaching them to do is something called masking, which is to wear that mask of neurotypicality. Mm. I don't even know if that's a word. Um, and so they're screwing that lid on even tighter. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah, completely. So that as that bottle is fizzing that poor person is kind of going yes but I can't stim I can't stim it makes me look weird oh my god I've got to act normal I've got to act normal so at some point that's going to explode Mm. okay and that causes I mean I've spoken to autistic adults who have ended up with PTSD because of it because of ABA but because the general picture of autism is the cure is to look is for that person to fit into society and to look normal and not be weird. It's causing a tremendous amount of problems. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. There is also a dreadful, dreadful cure called MMS, which I'm not going to go too far into because it is bloody awful. That was brought out in America. Um, It's called Magic Miracle Solution. It's basically the bleach that they put in swimming pools. Um, These people are touting worms as being, it's so difficult to talk about because it's bloody awful, Um, worms as being the cause of autism. So by, by making your child drink this magical miracle solution or actually using it as an enema, it kills the worms and they will excrete them. They will come out. Now, didn't, I know Donald, a lady, didn't Donald uh, Trump say yeah, like, that? That's, yeah, that, that, that's, some COVID that's out as well, exactly wasn't it? where it comes from. Yeah, that's exactly where it comes from. Um, you don't find it a lot in this country. However, there is an amazing lady who I'm not going to name because I know for her own mental health, she sometimes withdraws from doing this. And then other times she's strong enough mm. to go in and fight these battles. So I'm not going to... I'm not sure where she is in that yeah. at the moment, but she she's autistic herself. She actually infiltrates these closed Facebook groups mm-hmm. that um, that promote this MMS, and basically she reports them and gets them shut down. Um, she spends hours on Amazon trawling through Amazon to make sure that you can't buy this stuff. Mm-hmm. The things that they excrete, you can find pictures are sort of long white. Um, well, they, to, be, to be fair, if you didn't know, they do look a little bit like worms. Right, They're actually gut lining. Oh, God. And these, these people are doing this to kids that are three, four, five years old. I'm wondering why the kids are crying while it's happening. And it's, it's all this part of this culture that sees autism as something very negative. Mm. And that they don't have this perfect child because they have autism. And this is why changing the view of autism is so important. So, so important because in a way, I can see why parents grasp onto a cure when it's when they're first given that diagnosis, Mm. because they are left just floating. And if if they happen to fall down that particular rabbit hole of the, the best thing for your child is to cure them, then they're going to get taken away. These people are incredibly um, convincing. They're incredibly charismatic. Um, and they will happily convince you that, that the way to look at your child is defective and broken. We need to change that. 
and that Absolutely. can happen yeah so but that's that's a lot to do with um you know maybe nhs underfunding whatever the support just isn't there so you've got you've now got a lot of autistic people who are out there trying to put this positive edge forwards which is you know which is what it needs to be well, I, and also raising, raising the awareness for it, like you're saying now, Ness, um, is actually yeah. it helps people move away from these ignorant solutions, right? And saying like, it's that's not right, you're right. not trying to fix it by it's a it's a, it's an acceptance and understanding of it as opposed to let's try because and, like, it doesn't need fixing. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. That's the argument. You know, do we actually need a cure? Yeah. Because actually, does it need fixing? I just need to know how how that window that that operating system works, right? So, yeah, absolutely, so, yeah. and make allowances for it. Absolutely, and it's it's whether it's whether you look at the disability as so. Disability means um, I've got this physical or mental impairment that has a substantial and long term negative effect on the person's ability to do normal daily activities. So yeah, you know, there's even people in wheelchairs that would argue against that. They want a social model of disability, which is more that people are disabled by the barriers that society puts in place, not by the fact that they're in a wheelchair, not by the fact that they're neurodivergent. Yeah. So what we need to move more towards that social idea of maybe rather rather than changing them to fit into our society, really we should change the society to help them fit in. Yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. Okay. Yeah. What's your number four, Ness? Is it moving on yeah. to your number four? Yes, yeah, sorry. Is that a nice uh, tenuous link? Yeah, number four. So we're not all a little bit art autistic. Don't ever right. say this okay. to an autistic sure. person. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> right. Um, yeah. So autism isn't a, isn't a linear spectrum. You don't go from right. being not autistic to really, really autistic. Yeah. And everybody's somewhere in between. Somewhere, yeah, yeah. That's not how the no. spectrum works. The spectrum is more like a colour wheel. Okay, so with each colour being communication, um, executive functioning, mobility, you know, that sort of thing. When you are diagnosed as autistic, you have a little dot, and the closer that dot is towards the centre, the harder you are finding that, that particular... Yeah thing so right. on again on days when james is fine his communication would be out towards the edge somewhere when he's finding things tough and he can become selectively mute that dot will move inward so that spectrum is actually fluid and constantly changing right. depending so, on the situation around them if i to ask a question here um like uh, for what i don't know what what value or, or how accurate in any way shape or form they are but um, I've I've done an online test, you know, to see, the AQ test. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah. And, uh, and 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 people I know done it at the same time, and I I knew that that one of them people had lots of what I thought at the time trying to traits. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and 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 yeah, and it come back. I mean, I don't know how specific these results are, or, or, or how on point they are, but um, but yeah, I, I didn't show any traits as such. Yeah. Um, but the people I was doing with did, uh, yeah. and so so with that in mind, like where, where you said like, because because for me, like I, I constantly hear people say, "Oh yeah, like, I think they're on the spectrum," mm -hmm. uh, and like, and so is that not a thing? Like that someone's sort of on the spectrum, but they're not. Like, you either I, are or you aren't. So yeah. let's go back to how we were talking about how it develops in your first place. Your brain either develops as a PC or as a Mac. Yeah. Yeah. So you're either autistic or yeah. you're not. Yeah. It's that simple. It's just now, kind of annoys me, Ness, that like people always saying it. Oh, I yeah. think he's on the spectrum, or like, and I just think, oh, fucking. When it's, you see one person do one thing. And you're suddenly diagnosing them with autism, and it, that yeah. kind of just annoys me. Like if you spend it a is, long, long time with someone, and you're caringly going, "Oh, maybe there's, um, maybe we want to look at this. Maybe there's something to this." But so many times, I, I hear it at work all the time. Oh, I think they might be a little bit autistic. I think, 
why because they did this one thing it's just yeah. yeah yeah it's like when people go oh they're a bit ocd just because mm. they like everything a bit tidy mm. yeah. when ocd actually is if i don't have that tidy my parents will die yeah that's the difference <laughs> is that the same as um, me saying like chris is like a bit of an idiot yeah. <laughs> yeah, but I think it's fair that I am on the spectrum because I did I did take the test for that. Yeah. The yeah, you test is actually if you do one of the university-based ones, which most of them are if you Google them, mm. they are actually a reasonable um indication of whether you're autistic or not. And a lot of people, if you're gonna go for an official diagnosis, a lot of people will want you to have done one of those. Right. Yeah, before sure. you go for your diagnosis yeah however again let's go back to why i've never gone for a diagnosis if it doesn't bother your life mm. it's fine it, again, this is a big thing in the autistic community is self-diagnosis valuable i think it is i think self-diagnosis is completely viable i think it's it's absolutely you know relevant but the reason we took james to be diagnosed was actually because of the anxiety that the autism was causing. The, the problems he had with going to school, the problems he had just leaving the house. Yeah. The problems we had when a pub had put chicken nuggets on their menu and in fact they came as chicken strips, mm. both of which he equally likes, but he was expecting chicken nuggets. So now he won't eat his chicken strips. He'd right. rather starve, you know. Um, so, yes, I understand about you saying about people saying, oh, is somebody a little bit autistic? But mm. to be fair, the reason that annoys me is why should it matter? Is that person getting on with it with their job? Are mm. they happy? Are yeah. they efficient? Yeah, I, I think that comes down to so, to, to so many things, isn't mm. it? It's like not just not just autism, but but so many things. People are lazy with their tags, lazy with yeah. their, their kind yeah, of thought yeah, processes right. to why is that happening? You know, rather than just thinking, well, this person could be having a bad day. This guy, this, you know, there's a, a million factors that could make somebody behave in a certain way. Yeah. I think we're so conditioned and podcasts like this kind of, you know, are, are going to give people more insight uh, into the fact that you don't just go, Oh, they're a bit on the spectrum, or they're a bit OCD. Yeah. You know what I mean? Or Chris and it is goes a bit above of an idiot. And beyond, like... It goes above and beyond having a few little quirks. Mm, um, yeah. You know, there's. So I was asked, uh, this, has, this has been the notes I made have been looked at by a few autistic friends that I have mm. just to see if I've put all the right things in there. The one thing I hadn't put in is what a meltdown actually is and what shutdown actually is. So. Is, this, your, is, this, is this going to be, is this your number three, Ness? No, no, sorry. <laughs> I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm a little bit mindful of time. That's yeah, all, Ness. Yeah. And like, I don't want to hurry you up and I don't want you to yeah. miss anything, but no, no, we're just no. aware of like where we're at with yeah, time. Yeah. That's all. I will, I will do this quickly. So a meltdown is like a, a panic attack and then some. Yeah. It, they will, it comes from, again, you can see them starting to stim. And at that point, if you sometimes, if you can move them away from the, the whatever's happening, that's fine. Mm-hmm. But it can't be controlled. It's not a panic attack. It's not a tantrum. These people, if that person is in the middle of a meltdown, they can do nothing about it whatsoever. Yeah, right. And it may turn into a rage meltdown, which is where things go all over the place and they're angry and they're storming around. Or it may go into shutdown, which is when they literally kind of go into into lockdown, into shutdown. At that point, they don't know who you are, who they are, where they are what's going on at all and the last thing you need to do is go up and give them a hug they can't cope with that all you can do is sit by watch it happen be there ready for when it when they calm down right. now if the fact that your little quirk makes you go oh i don't like that that's not an autistic trait that's just a little quirk mm. the fact that my son 
would rather starve than put a piece of broccoli in his mouth because it will cause a meltdown mm. is autism. Can yeah. I just say, I would rather starve than put a bit of broccoli in my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to throw that out there. That's why, that's why you've got uh, Ricky's. <laughs> <laughs> But my son has safe food, you know, our, our fridge yeah. is full of fish fingers and chicken nuggets and yeah. and that's pretty much all he eats because they're safe. They're yeah. the same every time. So when James, when James sees the chicken strippers and he decides not to eat it, is, is it strips, Chris, strip, Chris, Chris, strips, chicken strips, not chicken sorry. strippers. <laughs> Fuck you yeah, now, that's muscle memory, isn't it? Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of $15,178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. So, so it's like, like a meltdown, is it just, that's it, just like, okay. That's it. You don't, you're not like trying to encourage James to eat them. You just kind of, Oh, no, okay. the amount of time I've sat on Sainsbury's floor with him mm. when he was younger, I mean, he's 15 now, he generally doesn't have them that much because he knows himself, he can feel them kind of building mm. up. Um, but yeah, I used to sit on, on Sainsbury's floor with him many an hour because they didn't have his favourite cheese that day or the lights were buzzing a bit too much or it was a bit busy or somebody smiled at him. And I learned very early on that basically I used to, in my mind, build a little perspex box around the two of us. If somebody wanted to reach into that box and offer me some help, they were welcome to come into that box. Mm. If people wanted to look into that box and sneer or make comments about how I should be chastising him because he's having a tantrum on the floor, quite frankly, they can fuck off. Yeah. I have no interest in what you're doing at all. You have nothing to do with my life. And there's a big difference. A tantrum is an attention-seeking thing. So you'll find if a child's having a tantrum, they'll actually keep kind of looking at you as if to go, oh, you're paying attention. And if you walk away, they'll go, oh, that didn't work. And they'll get up and follow you. And he used to have those as well. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm not saying he was an angel by any stretch of the imagination. But a meltdown was entirely different. You know, it looked to all intents and purposes like a tantrum, but as soon as I touched him, it would just make things worse. And there's no way, there was no looking. He was just lost in that, that immense, overwhelming sense of lack of control. And the only way to get all this emotional build-up out was to kick and scream and shout and bang his head on the floor. And all you could do was make sure, you know, I'd make sure my bag was underneath his head so he didn't yeah. hurt himself. And I just have to sit there and wait. So if ever you see that happening, just give the, the 
um, parent a reassuring smile and and say, I'm here if you need me. Thanks, Ness. That's good to know. Really good to learn. I'm learning a lot. Right. So um, number three. No two people's experiences of autism are the same. Um, and I've said people because this does include parents and carers yeah, as well. Cruise. No two families, no two groups of or support groups, journeys are the same. I've got a lot of friends, obviously, with autistic children. And I think if any of us tell our stories of how the diagnosis has came around, they're all different. Um, there's people I know that weren't diagnosed until they were way into their 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s even. Um, there is no clear pathway to diagnosis. It's an incredibly difficult thing to get. At the minute, if you can get on the waiting list, it's currently around about two and a half years for children and around three to four years for adults. The important thing about the diagnosis is it opens all the doors. So you are struggling to get any help for two, two and a half, three years which is where, again, you can end up falling down these rabbit holes. Um, and I think, again, things need to change a little bit in, in as much as people need to go, yeah, you tick all the boxes. So for now, let's just assume you're autistic whilst you're going to get your diagnosis. Rather yeah. than, oh, well, you don't have your diagnosis, so you can't be autistic yet. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, but, have you seen my tick boxes? <laughs> Yeah, again, taking the AQ tests as, as a very firm indicator rather than just going, oh, well, that's just an internet thing. Sure. Well, it's, it's interesting to know as well that, that they're actually quite reasonably reliable, those AQ tests as well. Yeah, again, until you, again, until if you, you said that, I was like, course. well, you know, what? Well, yeah, yeah. No. Good. AQ are, are definitely, as I say, as long as you go for the university based ones, they generally are. Yeah, generally are quite specific. Mm. There is a complete lack of understanding um, in schools, especially as you're going through the system. Um, this is the difficult thing that James said was okay for me to mention. So mm. James's journey through school, bearing in mind we first realised there was something wrong when he was in Y well, say something wrong, something different, mm -hmm. really from him being very young. All the way through infants, we were just kept being told that he was emotionally, who's to say? Emotionally immature, and he'll grow out of it. He's just a boy. He'll be fine. I used to have to carry him into school under my arm, kicking the hell out of the back of my legs. I used to have to peel his fingers off the fence, outside of school and this is on a daily basis oh, wow. but he was fine that's okay mm -hmm. he's just a boy it wasn't until we got into juniors that um one of his teachers went yeah that that's 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 not that's not right is it and that's when we finally went oh somebody's listening to us but it still took another two years after that for us to get a diagnosis it then and he was okay going through juniors, but as soon as he hit seniors, everything fell to pieces, absolutely everything. And in fact, it got to the point where one day he actually tried to take his own life rather than go to school. He's ended up with very mild versions of PTSD because of things that have happened in school. Mm. Um, and... And it was all because they're trying to fit them into boxes that they don't fit into. <laughs> and even into a, a, a special educational needs box. So even if it's not a, oh, well, you're, you're a neurotypical pupil, you're fine. Fitting into that SEN box was still quite restrictive. It still wasn't singular enough. It still wasn't specific enough. He's now, well, we're just having him not having been to school for three years. We've now just got him into a, excuse me, into a very specialist school that works with horses 
um and he's just about managing two half days a week um but only with me there he at the minute can't let me go um so it's i Sorry, just give me a second. Okay, take, take your time, honestly. It's, uh, it's... But yeah, you can't, you just can't put these these people in boxes. Yeah. And I, they need to be spoken to. So let's go back to the differences. <coughs> you will find that some some sometimes they are sensory, so they have the sen- sensory issues that. There's certain things that they enjoy touching, certain things that they, you know, the fidget cubes that were a thing at one yeah. time. They were actually developed for people with autism and ADHD mm-hmm. because the, the click or the switch or whatever is just something very calming for them. Yeah. Unfortunately, they got turned into a fad. Um, but they actually were quite useful for my son for a long time. But some of them can be sensory avoiders. So you can get people who don't like being touched. Don't like being hugged. Yeah. James is actually entirely the opposite. He loves a big bear hug, especially when he's he's kind of feeling a bit fizzy, as we call it. Mm-hmm. Um, and in fact, one of his favorite things when he was little, and neither myself or my husband are small people, is that we would make kind of a Jamesy sandwich. So his dad uh-huh. would lay down, James would lay in the middle, <laughs> I'd have to lay on the top. <laughs> there was no holding my weight off him. He knew if I yeah. wasn't laid down on him fully, yeah. then his dad would have to reach around and kind of give us all a great big hug. <laughs> so again, the, then you get people who just don't want to be hugged at all. Yeah. You know, so again, it, it, it comes back to talking to that person if you have a relative, a friend, a work colleague, ask them what they need and believe what they say. Right. Just because it sounds odd to you, mm. that doesn't matter. Yeah. 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 Cool. That just because it makes no sense in your head. Yeah. The worst thing you can do is go, well, that's not a thing. Oh, yeah. It's ridiculous. Yeah. It's, 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 a, it's just a fundamental, isn't it? If, like, yeah. if you feel that there's something different or, or might be troubling someone, first thing you can do is just ask. Like, yeah. you know, how are you feeling? You know, what, how can I make this better? What can I do? Like, for anything in life, it's just being considerate and trying to understand someone's situation isn't it and yeah, like yeah and I think as I've said you know before on here like you know it is conversations like this that should people then find themselves in in Sainsbury's and and see what they think is a, a child having a tantrum and just thinking why ain't that mum you know dragging him up and getting him on with it like what you know ask the question you know like yeah. you said give him a smile and just go look you know it, it, it could quite easily be somebody that's in, you know, that, that's struggling here, you know, that, yeah. that it isn't something that can just be like, right, get up and get on with it. They're not, you know, they might not be, you know, having a tantrum because they're not allowed sweets. Do you yeah. know what I mean? It, yeah. it, and, and yeah. but people, like you say, have to kind of have these preconceived boxes that everybody has to fit into. And it's like, and, and, and like I say, conversations like this start to kind of, you know, open it up a little bit more. So, yeah, a- a- absolutely, absolutely. And it's and it's even so at my so I'm an osteopath as a living, and I own a practice in Sheffield, and I'm quite open about having you know having autism myself, having an autistic son, and I now see quite a few autistic adults. Mm-hmm. Um, I have patients who have brought their neurodiverse children in. I have everybody from non-verbal 50-year-olds to very, very anxious teenagers. The one thing we say to people is, look, you know, if you need me to do a Zoom call with you so you can see my face, I can take you on a little tour around the clinic. You can come for 10 minutes and just come and sit in the waiting room and see how you feel and meet me. You know, it, it's doing those things in increments. If that means that my service is open 
to everybody. To me, it's as it's as no brainer as as much as we have a wheelchair ramp that allows people with wheelchairs to get into our building. Yeah. So to offer that. So if you were interviewing for a new um, a new staff member, putting something on that application form of if you would have problems with a face-to-face -face interview or if you would struggle with this, please let us know. In as much as you'd put, we provide lunch, do you have any food sensitivities? Yeah. It is getting that into the system so that that opens the world to more people who could be part of it. I've never seen that once in a job application. No. Or... No. 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 Because people don't get it. Mm -hmm. People don't understand. And I'm hoping that one thing that all this lockdown and things is going to have brought about is um, the fact that working from home is doable. Yeah. And that, again, is going to open the world to so many people who couldn't cope with the office situation. I know of kids that haven't been able to access school purely and simply because of the school bell, because they spend 40 minutes waiting for that school bell to yeah. happen, because that is going to hit every nerve that they own. Right, yeah. Why do we need a school bell? Why can't it just be a nice little tinkly sound or a little red flashing light in the corner so the teacher knows the lessons are over? Mm. Why does it need to be a school bell? These things aren't rocket science. Mm. The world could be more... Something, that, something that would be, have been thought of, innocently as a practical device, like the bell, I get it. I understand why people use it. Why they, but like we have a deeper understanding now of the impact that can have on certain members of the of the population. So you know, instead well, of just being like, "Oh, let's why have we got to change it?" It's like well, there's a there's a valid reason. Well, why it's not? not exactly. <laughs> These exactly. Kids aren't accessing aren't a, coming a to bell, because of a that. bell is to let people know that lessons up. There's a million ways we can we can do that. Yeah. 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 I mean, James. Um, just a quick one, James. One of the reasons James stopped going to school is that his English teacher asked them to announce their results after spelling tests. Mm. James is dyslexic and hates any thought of being told off, hates mm. any kind of confrontation. He sat in a room of kids that he may know three or four out of the whole 30. Mm. And that teacher's wanting him mm. to say, I only got three out of ten. That, that's it, 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 autism aside, that's uh, fucked up anyway. Yeah, yeah. Like, why would you I do can't that? I'll tell you the conversation I had with that teacher. Like, that's, that's fucking terrible. Like, what, what a fucking awful it's thing. It's laziness. Fucking... And it's not thinking it through. It's not thinking yeah. what effect that will have on those yeah. people. And that could be, you know, the way somebody talks to somebody in an office. Yeah. Absolutely. It's not even, you know, yeah. even for people who do like like have scored highly on that test, not everyone wants to stand up and go, I've got 10 out of 10. Not everyone, yeah. Yeah. not everyone enjoys because what happens that. on the week they get eight out of ten. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Or what, what how does yeah. that make their classmates look at them? Is the, the, the know it all or whatever? It's yeah, yeah. Interesting. And the one th one thing I can guarantee is that it's far easier for you to change to suit their needs than it is for them to change to yes. suit yours. Yeah, right. that's yeah. the fundamental, please, isn't it? You know, I'm just asking people to be more mindful, yeah. really, and more thoughtful. So, right, last one, because I know we're running out of time. Uh, oh, this, oh, is no, this is number, number two. Oh, gosh. You're on this is two, two, Jess. Number two. Um, the, only specialisms, the only specialists in, autistic, in autism are autistic people. Right. So that's, that's a fairly quick and easy one. Um, Ask them, ask them what they need. The only person that's a, that's a specialist in their own autism is that autistic right. person. Yeah. Okay. Um, there is some fantastic people about on Twitter, on um, Facebook, on Instagram. Um, if you use the, the hashtag, hashtag asking autistics, yeah. On Twitter, that hashtag is picked up by autistic adults and your question will be answered wow. by an autistic adult. Hash I use that so much. Hashtag asking autistics. Okay. Asking autistics. Yes, I, I, if I, you I, can send us over um, 
some of the um, Instagrams uh, and the yeah. uh, Twitter uh, handles, then when we put this episode out, we can tag them in there. And, uh, yeah, and so people can, if, you know, people that are listening to this have been affected by this can then go and click that. And if they've got questions and, and things like that, then, yeah, it's yeah. good to know that there's, they know that there's people out there that are, are willing yeah. to listen. A big thread of this nest would be um, as well. What I'm picking up is is asking people how to make these, you know, those adjustments. You know, yeah. so like you said, well, even so the parents in the supermarket or just politely smiling, being like reassuring and saying, "I'm here if, if you need anything or if I can help," and that's it. And then just giving people space, basically. Yeah, absolutely. But also, anytime you're doing any reading around the subject, yeah, find things that are written by autistic people. Okay. Yeah. There's plenty of autistic scholars out there. There's a fantastic guy called Luke Bearden who runs a degree in autism at Sheffield Hallam. Mm-hmm. Um, they're doing a ton of research on no end of different things. Um, he's a fantastic guy to find on YouTube to listen to what he has to say. There's enough good books out there that are written either by autistic parents. So parents of autistic children that are autistic themselves. Um, so they can talk about it from both angles. Um, don't rely on the stuff that says, well, we did this test and it showed this. You know, not so many of, unless even, so, so there's a dreadful um, charity called Autism Speaks. It's an American charity run almost entirely by parents of autistic people, but they are very much pushing for a cure. William Shatner's a big part of it, which is why he can absolutely do one in my in my book. They pushed the puzzle piece, which is a symbol that autistic people actually find quite triggering. They don't yeah. like to be thought of a, as a missing puzzle or something that needs to be fixed. They prefer a golden, like infinity symbol or a rainbow infinity symbol. Yeah. Um, but autism speak just don't listen to autistic people at all. There's only something like 10% of what they raise actually goes to helping autistic people. The rest of it is ploughed into things like finding a cure, um, publicity. And it actually, it's very negative publicity. They very much do put autism out there as something mm. that's very scary. So you need, even when something is flying the flag of autism, you've got to look behind the scenes. And if they don't have autistic people on their board of directors, on their researchers, give them a wide berth. Um, it was Rachel, another member of the MSC, who came up with this thing, this incredible phrase of um, with us, about us. So unless unless right. it includes us, it's not about us. Yeah, right. Okay. Mm. Um, so the last one, autism isn't a superpower. It's not something that's cute. It's not something that's funny. And, and it's not a freak show. It's, it's a difficult thing on a daily basis. Don't get me wrong. Some absolutely marvellous things can come out of autism. My son has the most wicked sense of humour you've yeah. ever, and he will come out of left field with something <sighs> you haven't even thought of. Uh-huh. Um, he's so quick and he's so funny and his ideas and his the way he makes connections don't ever <laughs> one of his major things is Star Wars and he's watched everything every cartoon every film not even just 10 times over mm-hmm. and over and over and he is the worst one that will go oh well, that doesn't work, does it? Because in, in Clone Wars, Series 4, <laughs> Episode 5, they said, blah, blah, blah. And now in this movie, they've said this. So really, they should have just done that. And you're just going, I don't even know how you remember all that. <laughs> he is, he's so good with plot holes. And, yeah. and he'll just sit there going, why did you not just shoot him? Mom, mom tell him, why, why did you not just shoot him? <laughs> You know, the beginning of James Bond when they've got him tied up. They're like, oh, no, I'm just going to leave you there tied up for a minute. I'm just going to go over here. When they've got the gun in the hand, you know, and he's just going, Mom, really? It'd be in really? the bus. Yeah. Yeah, just doing that. And it's like, yeah, it'd be a really short movie if they did that, those three <laughs> Um, So, yeah, it does come with some really 
really great things, but for example, Savants, so Rain Man, um, the guy, I don't know if you remember the documentary of the guy who could fly over a city and then could draw the city out in, in mm. extreme detail. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I've seen, I've seen that. And yeah, yeah, there was a lad who could just dr literally draw from, mind you, I don't know if this, this, this chap had um, autism. Yeah, he did. So he did. Okay, I was just going to say because there was there was a young chap. Um, I remember this about ten years ago, and he would look at a scene of a, a street scene, and then he could just go and he could draw the street, street street scene from memory in real detail, real real detail. Yeah. It's incredible, and that's great. They're fascinating. Yeah. But the one question I get asked when I go, "Oh, my child's got autism." Awesome. Oh, so what's what's his what's his ability then? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's pretty good at Minecraft. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, savantism is extremely rare and it's only approximately 10% of the autistic community that actually, you know, have it. So are the mass geniuses and, mm. and things like that. It's not a given. Um, and it does come with, we were talking about having anxiety, ADHD, the Erlos-Danlos syndrome is a connective tissue disorder. So it's people who can have really stretchy skin. Yeah. Have you ever seen right. that as a yeah. party trick? People who can pull yeah. the skin out here. That's fine and it's really fun, but it also means that they're incredibly hypermobile, so they'll have a lot of joint pain. Yeah. And it can even affect the valves in their heart. So they're quite flappy instead yeah. of being really tight. Yeah. So, you know, there are some things that are actually quite dangerous that can be linked in with it. Um, I had no idea there was a link between that and all. Autism. Yeah, no, it's quite a big thing. Yeah, it's quite a big thing. Um, there is an increase in suicide rates. Um, again, a lot to do with mental health issues that can come along with it. And again, mm -hmm. part of that is societal. Part of that is them trying not, you know, them trying to fit in and not being able to. I once had an autistic person say to me, it was a little bit like being gay in the 50s. Right. where these men would get married and have children because that's what people expected them to do and actually from 35 40 they end up with such a bad depression that unfortunately they do end up killing themselves mm -hmm. because they can't be the person they need to be yeah and and i think that's actually quite a good kind of analogy for it to be fair yeah. um there is also a thing called autistic burnout which is a really intense physical or emotional exhaustion. And it's often linked with a loss of skills. So somebody who's normally quite verbal will suddenly become nonverbal. Um, it results mainly from the overwhelming effect of having to navigate this world divide, developed for neurotypical people. Um, and it's seen more in, in actually the people that you would think or that would be classed as high functioning, which is an awful label. It's really more that they have low or they're seen as having low support needs. So the people who are in work, um, who are at school, um, and they just get to the point where their bodies and minds can't cope anymore and just yeah. go into struck down. It can last a few weeks. It can last years. Um, it can end up with very much like an ME scenario where they just have no, just no energy Struggle, left to do anything. Yeah. But again, if it's okay looking in, into how to help people over this, but why aren't we looking into it not happening in the first place? So, you know, adapting things so people can cope. Um, I think that's pretty much it. Um, as I say, it's a massive subject. And as you've obviously seen, I could witter on about it for hours and hours and hours. It's so complex. And I hope this has been just a little nudge into what, what, a, what kind of subject it can be. It's certainly scratched um, the surface for me. Ness, and I think has, there's a lot like, more I, I need to learn about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a lot of politics involved. There's a mm. lot of misinformation. But as I say, the, the one thing I would say is start listening to autistic people. Start looking up 
what a meltdown feels like, what what I found so many articles that will so beautifully and eloquently describe that. I haven't because I don't think I've ever had one. Um, so it's not my place to tell that story. Yeah. Yes, um, can you send us over also some some website links and 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 things yeah, like that that you think have been yeah. really interesting yeah. and then we can put that in the show notes as well so people yeah, absolutely uh, there's can... a fantastic lady on youtube called neurodivergent rebel and she's a great one who who talks about it quite eloquently about a lot of subjects yeah. sexuality meltdowns executive function um all sorts of different all sorts of different things um but just know that you know the your words and actions have an effect and be kind be mindful be thoughtful above all believe and listen um and just try and and kind of be educated about it a little bit more but in a positive way you know in a supportive way not in a in a big fat and scary way i think that's a perfect way to finish this podcast what a lovely way to sign that off yeah, so it's been very, um, it's difficult and brave, um, I think, some of the parts of that uh, podcast that you Absolutely. went into. But honestly, um, just from my own personal learning and understanding, you have helped with some of my awareness and, um, yeah, just right. thoughts on autism and, and, and ways to maybe help and, and things to look into. So thanks for, you know, saying you're going to share those links and stuff. If Absolutely. I can, if I can just change a couple of people's view of it and, and just... You know, just ask people to kind of maybe, I hate the phrase, but reframe how they see autistic yeah. people. Yeah. Then, you know, that's good for me. Absolutely. Jess, uh, Jess, Ness. Uh, <laughs> She's got a far better voice than me. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I'm heading that way with my throat at the moment, but, you know, I'm not quite hitting ultimate Jess just yet. <laughs> Yes, you, you've you, you've you've been an incredible guest, yeah. and and you talk so good as well. Yeah, you do, you do, you really right. really delivered. I can't tell you how nervous I was this morning. Oh, bless you. You, didn't, oh, you didn't come across nervous. Now. Not at all, not at all. You. It was you, you. you've done a wonderful thing today, Ness. It's been a pleasure. Um, thanks loads, mate. Don't go anywhere. We're just going to press stop. It's a drunken soiree in the within. Chris and Stu present our core listing, the podcast.